talk about New Year's resolutions, a favorite pastime of everyone around the new year. Even marketing gets in on it. New year, new you. The gyms are overrun. Health options are at the forefront of menus. And many people want to become organized or change their spending, which is why there's sales on items to help you organize or ways to change your spending. But is this new? How long have humans been making New Year's resolutions? And are there ways to succeed at your resolutions? Well, we know from history that this isn't a new phenomenon. Humans like making resolutions around the big changes in their life. The proto-resolutions are from about 4,000 years ago. We know that the Babylonians had resolutions tied to their festival of Akitu, which celebrated the supreme god Marduk in mid-March. This was a 12-day celebration with the planting of the first crops. They promised the gods that they would repay their debts and return borrowed things. Following through on these resolutions meant that they received the gods' favor. And about 2,700 years ago, in ancient Rome, Julius Caesar set up the current calendar. This was about 46 BCE, and January 1st is established as the first day of the new year, January taking its name from Janus, the god of doorways and arches, who had two faces, one that looked backwards and one that looked forwards in time. In general, the Romans would make promises of good conduct for the coming year. This calendar establishment moves the transitionary period in people's lives away from the harvest and away from where people might be planting the seeds to start something new. Spring and summer are times of action, and suddenly our New Year's resolution period is happening in the dead of winter, when people really don't have a lot of energy, supplies, or motivation to make these strong changes. And with that, we see a change of resolutions from working hard and appeasing the gods to something more introspective, to something more personal. But as for what people resolve to do, we don't really know. Widespread literacy had not happened yet, and the people who were recording history weren't very concerned with the introspective thoughts of their leaders. So it's not until 1671 that we start to get a true look at what a resolution looks like by an average person. And this is found in the diary of Anne Halkett, a writer and member of the Scottish gentry. In her diary, on January 2nd is a page titled Resolutions. And it's full of general thoughts most of which can be summarized in, I will not offend anyone anymore. In the 19th century, we find that the term resolutions has caught on, and we find the phrase in the January 1st issue of the Boston newspaper from 1813, in a short article titled, The Friday Lecture. Quote, And yet, I believe, there are multitudes of people accustomed to receiving injunctions of New Year's resolutions, who will sin all the month of December with a serious determination of the beginning of the new year with new resolutions and new behavior, and with the full belief that they shall expiate and wipe away their former faults. End quote. 
this sassy newspaper clipping not only shows the popularity and the widespread use of New Year's resolutions, it also gives us perspective on how people already perceived New Year's resolutions over the last 200 years. This excuse to party hard until the stroke of midnight, at which time all the previous year's sins were thrown away and replaced with new resolutions. But the widespread use happened slowly, and for the most part people kept their resolutions to themselves until we reach a more modern era. We also see a change in what the resolutions are, as resolutions themselves become more popular. Originally, they're very personal ideas that are not shared widely. As we move through time, we see things more focused on appearance and beauty, eventually reaching modern eras where the idea of resolutions are ridiculed, seemingly ridiculous. Samuel Pepys, who shows in his diaries what life was like in the 1660s, wrote on New Year's Eve of 1661 that my chief thoughts are now to get a good wife for Tom, his brother, and that he has taken a solemn oath about abstaining from plays and wine. He was a member of Parliament and served as a naval administrator. Jonathan Swift, the author of Gulliver's Travels, and one of the greatest satires to ever live, wrote in 1669 that he did not want to become too fond of children, basically saying he didn't want to foster any children in the coming year. Also, he pledged to not boast of my former beauty or strength or favor with the ladies. In 1984, Samuel Beckett, the author of Waiting for Godot, was asked to contribute his hopes and resolutions to the New York Times, in which he responded, Resolutions, colon, hopes. The current trends for resolutions have really focused around weight loss, eating healthy, managing stress, traveling more, and getting a better job. But according to the American Psychological Association, about 80% of all resolutions will fail by February. So how do you increase the chances of success for your resolution? Well, first you have to make sure you're actually going to enjoy the process. You have to like what you're going to do in order to make short-term into long-term successes. In that way, you should discover a way to give yourself immediate rewards, take pleasure from the change that is happening. Trick your brain into seeing this new activity as something positive and desirable, something that is worth seeking more of, and the pursuit of that will transform into long-term success. You also need to focus on one resolution at a time. Changing only one behavior prevents you from feeling overwhelmed. And being realistic, keep goals small and manageable. Don't schedule yourself for seven days at the gym if you don't already have a routine that gets you seven days at the gym. But in particular to when it comes to health and working out, there's a bit of a problem. It's still winter. There's nothing inspirational about the outdoors at the moment. And traditionally, we would be bundled inside without a fresh veggie among us. And according to a 2012 study, only 9.2% of people successfully stick it out through the holidays, and complete their New Year's resolution. One might think 
that resolutions are better suited for the spring. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. This show is written by Kristen Ashton. Music is by Brian Griffith. I will see you next week with a new topic for Kyle Explains.